Greetings, Internet friends. Welcome to the audio version of Walking and Talking, the show in which I walk and talk extemporaneously and reflexively for four-hour durations, reporting on my experience in real time as it relates to topics such as philosophy of mind, consciousness, and metaphysics. In other words, continuously slicing the existential nothing burger in myriad fancy ways. If you appreciate this show, please consider donating via Patreon or PayPal, and even small donations help tremendously. I'm not running any ads or promotions on Walking and Talking and would prefer to keep it that way, meaning your donations are the only income I receive from the show. I will put the links in the show notes, and without further ado, let's get on to slicing the nothing burger. Damn, what is up, my internet friends? Um, I seem to be getting better at, or just settling into, um, just going, going ahead and starting the video without thinking at all, without, um, you know, taking a moment to pause and collect myself, not trying to clear my mind or anything like that, not really trying to do anything in particular before I start the video to, you know, transition from one mind state to another because I, I uh, which I think is, is reflective of more of a stance of not preferring any particular mind state not trying to achieve anything in particular um, which can be hard sometimes something happens uh, or you know, if I if I do an episode of walking and talking, and, and uh, it feels as if something, some major shift occurred, but and then and then that sort of event becomes objectified in my mind as you know it might be something desirable to look for, or it just becomes you know something. A solid object in my mind which can prevent being really open to what I might encounter now in this process but it's interesting that I'm talking about this because it seems like even talking about I'm, I'm sort of like talking about something that that isn't occurring right now although maybe to some extent my talking about it uh, starts to manifest something like that because it's it could be said that I'm talking about a hypothetical situation that is not the case right now and so so why exactly am I talking about a hypothetical rather than talking about what's going on right now but uh, as I say that 
I noticed that, in fact, me starting to talk about talking about this hypothetical is, in fact, me transitioning into talking, one could say, more directly about what's going on right now. Which isn't... That's, that's an interesting thing to note. Like, and it just sort of happened by itself without me... Um, you know, knowing that... Without me knowingly trying to shift the focus of my talking to, you know, the, the, the here and now, and it feels like it's just kind of, it feels like it's just kind of happening on its own. And I have this sense that the more the more regular I am about doing this, maybe the more, the more easily I'm going to be settled into something without my mind, you know, having, having kind of dramatic sudden shifts, but who knows? And also dramatic sudden shifts might be fun anyways. But the key is just to not stop like, never stop doing your work. Like, just enough to, just enough to rest, really. But not, you know, just to start getting caught up in, in uh, worrying over your, your work. starting to develop a little bit of a sniffle and uh, I felt inkling of this coming on yesterday but I just decided to walk and talk anyways and it was fine and I think it's I think it's probably better in most circumstances just to keep keep going regardless of how I feel and hopefully this is like an overall regulating kind of activity and for me to stop to really completely you know stop stop thinking much at all about external factors surrounding walking and talking like YouTube views and such stop thinking about its watchability because I have to, I have to kind of remind myself that it's it's this isn't that about the uh about the atemporality of this medium, it's like, this isn't 
necessarily perfectly geared towards the the watching subjects of of today that is you know of like you who who watch it around the same time that I film it I mean it's it is it is geared yes to you who are able to watch it you who are watching it right now it's geared towards you but it's also that uh, there may be there may be people there may be in the future like uh, types of subjects that are more capable of watching this or or maybe even like it's a different form of watching um, where the the time duration becomes less of a problem. And so like, for instance, if, if you have enough attention for it, you can watch this video on one and a half speed or 1.75 speed or even two times speed, I think, by adjusting the settings there in YouTube and you know, if you if your tension is strong enough, maybe you maybe you can still absorb this communication. And I hold out for the possibility of um, more powerful forms of consciousness in the future that you know, could be able to absorb absorb all of this much faster or, or instantly or something like that, you know? Like there's, they are developing AI and they're developing speech recognition uh, and starting to develop language comprehension in AI and so you know there could come a time where some AI can just like scan through all of the YouTube archives and absorb everything at once and comprehend it all and so maybe this maybe this is this is my like Like plant planting a little a little uh, time capsule for for that time or something like that. A little a little like uh, yeah a little rich repository of one particular. human consciousness going off in, in a relative vacuum for a long amount of time. Uh, and when I, when I talk about AI, I don't necessarily mean something that's 
totally divorced from human consciousness either. I mean, if there are hybrid forms of intelligence in the future, and, and not just intelligence, but, uh, you know, sentience and consciousness, who knows? But I suppose this is me addressing you people in my day. Because I'm talking about this in the future. But I think that most of the time when I'm just talking like... Um, I'm, I'm trying not to necessarily pander just to... Just to the people that might be watching it like... In the immediate days and weeks after I post or even the even in the same even in the years the few years following when I post I'm just kind of like trying to be honest to my thought process regardless if it's comprehensible uh, in in the near term and even if there are currently difficulties with its legibility in the near term, let's think about like uh, Hilma off Klimt making all these paintings in the in the 1920s or, or whatever it was. When when, it, when was it? Uh, anyhow, like these. Uh, abstract paintings before, well, well before um, abstraction had entered art as, as uh, any kind of movement before anybody really knew about abstraction in, in art. And uh, she, she knew that this wouldn't be accepted now, but she was like, you know, Whoever, I don't know, whoever she was like entrusting these paintings with was like, don't show them until like 40 years later or something like that. Sometimes span until after I'm dead. And sure enough, they, they didn't show them until uh, well after abstract expressionism had, uh, you know, become the focus of American art landscape and then and then bam, everybody is like, <clears throat> wow, she was way ahead of her time. This is, I mean, I feel, I feel embarrassed now. I feel embarrassed now to make such a comparison. But it's just, to, it, it is just to say that um, that they're, they're, because of the eight, the, atemporal quality of this medium, the fact that it is likely that 
the this information will outlast my life and it's it's not paramount for me to make it totally legible to everybody here and now but of course there's absolutely no need to say this at all because you're hearing this, you're listening, you're comprehending, at least to some extent. And you're here and now. It's, this is your here and now. And so there's just no need to even mention these things. With repetition, will I, I mean, with, with daily repetition, will I start to, will I start to repeat myself? Will I lose the variety? I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hone something. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll get better at doing this. That's my hope. The way that I'm talking now and that I can think about, the, the way that I, the way that I'm talking about now does seem to involve more temporality than I, that I think that I, more than I think I want. That is, I'm talking a little bit abstractly and a little bit about the future and the past. And I have a feeling that there is something more direct or something that I could be, a more direct way I could be talking. And I wonder about my physiological state, like if if it is true that that I'm uh, I don't know, like fighting off a cold or something like that. Um, in a state like that, it often seems like it's harder to. One, one feels more kind of trapped in one's body. There's a mental fog. I can't say for sure if I'm feeling mental fog, but that's like the desire to like not do challenging work when you're sick because it's so hard to do anything mentally challenging if you have like a headache or you're feeling tired or something like that and you feel and, and it's like um, 
it's it's harder to it's harder to move beyond just kind of tending to your body I don't necessarily feel that way right now but I've wondered if if that might feel like a hindrance but in in the spirit of inclusion and acceptance and honesty I think just to go ahead and walk and talk anyways is the move you know even if even if this episode did become a struggle due to that it might be a worthwhile experience that would you know set the stage for future excellence see here I'm still talking about the future still kind of prognosticating is that the right word hypothesizing And I have this thought that uh, I guess you know I had this I, I I have been feeling a renewed commitment or a renewed focus on this project and a renewed faith or something. with uh, this activity granting me a kind of uh, focus and clarity and purpose that uh, sometimes I get a little bit cut off from or I get, uh, I lose it or I start searching for it in all sorts of different places. second-guessing myself and then I come back and I do it and then I feel then I you know it's just like I remember so strongly why so far I feel very much ordinary state and it's so funny every time every single time um, that I start to say that that I start to say that hmm I'm just in an ordinary state nothing's happening then I start to uh, it triggers me to, to notice that 
is actually something more than ordinary to what I thought of that I more than you know more than ordinary about what I thought was an ordinary state. Tight. Right as I, you know, walk out of the forest into the open, then I notice something about my state. It's like, yes, in one sense, it's ordinary. At the same time, there's something totally mysterious about it. There's something that I completely can't understand about it. About its origins. How do I account? How do I account for being here? Like I talk about this over and over again, but every single time it gets me. It's total ordinary experience, but the more that I notice its ordinariness, the more I notice its extraordinariness. that you're here too it's nuts like I don't have, I don't see the need for anything special on top of this really
I mean, so far, to be honest, these uh, past 27 minutes and 25 seconds, uh, maybe mildly anhedonic. Not particularly pleasurable. Um, nor do I feel yet any kind of overwhelming surge of inspiration or openness uh, or anything like that so far so far it's just kind of uh, this is a normal day the weather is uh, perfectly tolerable but not it doesn't feel particularly pleasant. Not particularly unpleasant either. I would I would almost say that this experience is mediocre. But I can't, I can't totally say that. Because like, as soon as I start to say that, um, and then I just notice like something, something about the, the actual process of kind of analyzing this experience. And evaluating this experience and just kind of like starting to uh, invest, yeah, inv investigate like the value, all the all the various like evaluative uh, factors, or you know, all the evaluative measures of this, this experience, like how I evaluate it and whatnot. And just start to kind of carefully analyze what my experience is here and then and then you know I, I I come to sort of like a place of of saying like this experience is mediocre you know it's like nothing particularly good or bad pleasant or unpleasant about this experience As if it lies perfectly in some kind of middle ground. Uh, then, you know, then even that, like, there's something, there's something weird about that. If if you catch my drift, you know, like, how is it even that, like? An experience could be like perfectly mediocre, like nothing, nothing remarkable about it. 
like that, that in itself. Seems, seems rare, you know? It seems remarkable. You could say. I mean, and then, but then, you know, even if, if I say that, like, oh, I've, then, then I start to think to myself, hmm, well, it seems like I can uh, sort of recoup any experience and put some kind of ostensibly positive spin on it. Well, I'm not really saying that it's remarkable in like uh, a positive way because there's still, I don't know, like some component of that mediocrity still seems to loom here. Sometimes I wonder I mean you're you're probably not unfamiliar with the the uh, the idea of one's mood um, filtering one's perceptions of everything else, all the other components of their experience, like the outside world. Uh, like, I'm sure that you've noticed um, in yourself and or in others, the propensity for one to be in a bad mood or a good mood and one's sort of analysis of the state of the world whether on the in the personal realm or the grander scale of things uh, to be completely colored by that mood you know you're in a bad mood and you feel incredibly pessimistic about the way the world's good, the way the world is, or you feel in a good mood and perhaps you feel optimistic about the, the potential for improvement, or, or you, you feel uh, optimistic about the, the amount of good things happening. Well, I guess I'm I'm somewhere in the middle right now. But like pardon me. Sometimes I feel like that linkage goes goes further than people realize. At the way, the way that our uh, perceptions of the world 
are in fact like I don't know sometimes they seem just uh, so strongly linked with our our, uh, our interior state that it's it seems to, to grant some weight to the type of people that say that that the world is nothing but uh, manifestation of, of your mind you know like listening to uh, Advaita Vedanta people like Ramana Maharshi and so on. Where, you know, it's like the, the telos of that practice would seem to be uh, just total uh, inner absorption uh, to the extent that the that the world stops manifesting and mind well mind mind stops manifesting and thus the world stops manifesting you know but uh, like you can you can um, you can probably notice like sort of minor like slight uh versions of that just like in your daily life so for instance look at the difference in your state when you are like very absorbed in say the news for instance like you're like watching and reading tons and tons of news and it and it become it comes to the forefront of your mind and, and uh, feels so incredibly real, real and also relevant, and and like seems important, and you feel emotionally bound up, and you feel so interested to keep reading the news uh, several times a day to see what's happening. And, and so it's like that drama becomes manifested in your reality. But then like you might have other times when you are just sort of like not paying so much attention to the news. Like, maybe you even make a conscious effort to uh, just kind of look at less news. And uh, then maybe you realize, uh, maybe it's not as like urgently as important as I thought it was. And like, maybe, maybe if something's really urgently important, like, I'll just hear about it secondhand. And so those sort of things just kind of like fade to the background of your awareness. And uh, like when I am in a place like that, um, 
and I kind of find more focus in my uh, quote-unquote immediate world I just tend to have less of, less of the like sort of like emotional turmoil like the emotional drama attached attached with uh, this more broad abstract knowledge of what's happening in the world and I'm not attaching a value judgment here like uh, you know I'm not saying that we shouldn't shouldn't pay attention to what's happening in the world but I feel able to uh, like if I if I limit my if I limit my involvement in the news then I find myself able to be a bit more effective and focused you know focused and and uh, effective hopefully at starting to manifest at least in my own small way uh, a world that is more favorable to me but I mean of course it's still related. I'm feeling a vague, I'm feeling a vague sense of dissatisfaction with this experience and what I'm talking about. Like I, I was going on for a while and then I felt myself being, yeah, being dissatisfied with like what I was talking about sort of a, a sense of what I was saying being like I don't know just like not not that interesting not that exciting not very I don't know direct or something. What's wrong? Ah, well. I can't believe I'm walking and talking. But I feel, maybe I feel scared. I feel scared of this episode not being as good as the last one. But I thought I had, I thought I had uh, abolished 
those types of evaluations from my mind. What's going on? Am I regressing into think about thinking about things as good and bad? And uh, now that very uh, behavior pattern of allowing evaluations to exist in my mind is going to derail me, derail my non-dual mission. Am I regressing into dualistic evaluative thinking? Maybe if I just keep I mean of course the only thing to do is keep going. Like I think about thinking about you. there's some kind of emotional energy like starting to develop here <clears throat> whereas before maybe maybe I didn't have that <clears throat> as much you know entering into this episode of walking talking with a, a pretty flat affect Maybe even there existed uh, a preconception that 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 was desirable. Flat affect would be desirable because you know it's stable. But it's not necessarily so. Maybe you know. Maybe you know. Maybe that. Maybe the fear of mediocrity is a necessary sort of uh, 
genesis of some emotional energy in order to, to break through the ice. Break through the, the I don't know, the, the, the lackluster surface level of experience. So yeah, now I mean, there is some, there is some, what I would, what I would call, some emotional energy or some mild sense of urgency or something like that about this time. I'm starting to sniffle more. It's embarrassing. Don't want you to think that I, Ben Bennett, could ever fall sick. You know, you keep doing the same thing and it keeps having to be different. It has to, you know, it's never, it's never the same experience. I mean, nothing ever could be the same experience. But at the same time, hello, there's something same about all experience. There, there is a, uh, there is, there is an unchangingness underlying all experience, which, you know, could be also called just experience itself, or the, I don't know, what, what experiences the substrate on which experience occurs is like a, a stable, uh, I mean, in my, in my view, kind of, eternal, uh, ever-present uh, consciousness, you could say, but getting bored of hearing, my, hearing myself use that word all the time. <clears throat> but, you know, I walk and talk over and over again, and It's not like I ever arrive at anything or, or, or perfect anything. I mean, this is obvious, right? This is obvious. I mean, and this is like, you know, this is not unique. This, this is uh, the same across YouTube, you know? Anybody who's a YouTuber, who's like, a, you know, a regular YouTuber, has to keep going, you know? You don't, you, you don't get to ever be done, really. I mean, unless you decide to be done and go do something else, but... Uh, but, you know, 
it's just that's just the nature of of reality and and uh of life you know you never you never finished with life until you are really finished and i'm saying something so completely obvious that it doesn't need to be said And once again, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about our time, our experience. I'm still tending to think about the quality of it. Is it good? Is it worthwhile? Why am I thinking about that? There is, there is a certain, there is a certain difficulty here in in how to proceed like I do feel I feel once again like uh, the intensity of the limitless options for how to how to continue talking in any given moment And I feel that particularly when I say a thing and then I notice in my head a multitude of thoughts springing up from that that I could choose from. And, and totally comprehending that each single one of those options is going to present then an entirely different huge set of further options and it's I'm experiencing so so it's like you know it's like looking at possible futures you know that's what it is it's 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 auditioning and evaluating all these different possible futures that and and you know that one of them has to one of them has to manifest and become the present become the present reality and it's like in in one sense like i can choose one of those and in one sense i do choose one of those and uh if i don't choose then like maybe something ha I mean something's just gonna happen like maybe I, I sit here in silence but uh, the, 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 the more truthful thing to say underlying that appearance of, of choosing versus not choosing is just that that's only an illusion. That's that's just the sort of like illusion of free will of intention, you know. Of like that there there's an eye that judged all these things and made the right choice or there was an eye that couldn't decide and then uh there was silence or or uh you know or or passivity or something. Um But really there's what you know once once i like examine really like 
what this apparent phenomenon of intention and, and willpower is and choosing, then uh, I, I start to experience it as just something happening. I start to I start to experience the self as just this phenomenon that's happening. And you know, all those apparent choices just being you know little little aspects of this like emergent phenomenon. And uh, but this this uh, this sort of this sort of intense feeling of all all these possible futures and and one one sort of manifesting um, it you know it feels it felt just a moment ago it felt intense and linked to a certain anxiety when when I felt as if I had to choose uh, but then once I once I started once I was kind of like reminded of and like like sort of settled back into the reality of this choosing process being just kind of uh, an emergent phenomenon that's an aspect of the emergent phenomenon of, of uh, the various components that make up my self my 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 sort of illusion of self and I started to just sort of experience that happening um, that ang that feeling of anxiety went away and I started and and it was it's it's more like <clears throat> not only did the not only did the emotion of anxiety go away but also the the sort of intense feeling of time passing um, weakened and and then it's like this uh, this continual manifestation of present reality like I'm experiencing more more directly as 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 just kind of all there is of this this of this presence this presentness being all that there is and the this like thing of these future possibilities being just being just component of the present and the as as well as like these conceptions of selfhood being components of the present that are that are uh, very much linked with the abstractions of time projecting into the future and remembering into the past which uh, are not are actually not so different from each other but they they have an apparent difference which um, I can I can explain I think uh, in terms of entropy and thermodynamics, but uh, I want it to be I want it to be relevant to felt experience as well. So like the future seems so much seems very different than the past in that 
it's uncertain, right? And the, the past, the past is unchangeable and apparently certain. Uh, at least it's, it's certain to the degree that we have individual memories and we have history, which is, you know, just collective memory. And, uh, and it seems, you know, it seems to have already happened, to like already have uh, reality to it. But still, it is actually still just a kind of projection out of the present. So like what mem memory is, is a kind of perception that does actually exist in the present. It, it, is, it is a subjective experience that is only called forth and experienced in the present. Like if you are remembering something, you're remembering it now. You have some, some image, some, uh, some experience uh, becomes in one way or another kind of superimposed on your present experience superimposed on your sensory input and and uh, other present sensations and thoughts and likewise history even though it seems like it is it in 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 one sense it's proof of the past Like, you know, you have, maybe you have a newspaper from 1950 or something. Uh, but still, that's, that's also still something that exists in the present, is experienced in the present. But it, it does point towards a certain reality in the past. Like, it, it points with some degree of it, it's it's like it points with some degree of accuracy to events that happened in the past the presence of uh, a piece of history or an object in the present points with a greater degree of certainty to a reality in the past than it points to uh, a reality in the future so like you see you look at a house and you can say with a much greater degree of certainty that that house was built and that that house was there 20 years ago um, then you can say that that house will be there 20 years in the future or that that house, you know, will be dismantled or, or demolished at a certain time in the future. And that's, that's consistent all across our, our observable world. That the past, the past is a type of projection out of the present that we have a lot more certainty about than we have about the future and it's it's like all of it is 
all of it is observing and analyzing the present state of things you know you observe the present state of things and you're able to deduce a history and we also analyze the present state of things and make certain predictions about the future which we can with some degree of accuracy you know that the sun will set and rise at a certain time tomorrow and we'll keep doing so for years to come and that uh, you know if I throw a ball into the air it will fall back to the ground uh, but you know, certain things are so hard to predict the way a person you know will act in response to a certain thing like maybe you can predict it to a certain extent but not totally or the way the stock, the stock market will respond or behave And so the, the chief difference between this relative certainty of the past and the relative uncertainty of the future uh, lies in thermodynamics and entropy. Um, let me let me try and recall here. Let me see if I can explain it to you. It's it's because like you know the what is it this the is it the second law of thermodynamics that things move on a whole. Uh, towards increasing entropy uh, or greater disorder and not towards greater order and so like with the arrow with the arrow of time moving towards the future forward there's there's so many more possibilities uh, for chaos so many more possibilities for disorder from the present state you know from the present state of things things can things can develop in uh, so many different ways but moving backwards in time we can we can predict with more accuracy like increasing order uh, from judging from the present state of things less entropy but the thing is uh, these concepts of order and disorder um, are not inherent physical attributes. They're, 
of the of reality they're in fact dependent on human perception they are actually artifacts of human experience that is to say to, to say that something is ordered or, or disordered does in fact um, it's, it's, it is like dependent on the human's ability of, of comprehension. I guess, like, as an example to point out how how relative order or disorder really is, like, you can see that it's also dependent on uh, scale. So, like, for instance, like, I'm looking at this deck, and I can I can say that oh, there's a very clear order to this. Uh, all of these slats of the same size repeating in this pattern it's very ordered I could describe it in relatively simple terms but if I if I started to zoom down to the 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 like aggregate of this material and I started to look at it through a magnifying glass or even a microscope um, I would start to see um, you know this aggregate of material organized in, in a very random way uh, and at some particular scale of observation or another um, there'd be no discernible pattern really there'd be uh, such complexity that we wouldn't be able to, to describe it in any kind of simple terms we wouldn't be able to describe it in terms of any kind of pattern or order really and then similarly if you started to zoom out from where we are like you'd you see this this dock as an object and you know you can perceive the order in that and then you'd start to see it as actually one totally unique object among several other totally unique objects that differ in in every factor including shape size composition and, and so on and you would uh, observe you know if you're looking from like a thousand feet above uh, you would be able to observe this scenario as uh, completely dynamic and without any discernible pattern uh, and you wouldn't be able to describe it in simple terms So, like, that's, uh, that's why I, w I, w I would say that, that, like, the difference between the past and the future is uh, ultimately a, a matter of, of human experience. It's a matter of 
the way that humans perceive and comprehend reality, which and and that that is like really the way that we the way that we see the world is really a mirror of our our internal experience and and uh, mirrors are not only that but also our our kind of like neurological and biological structure it mirrors our emotional reality like the the passage of time the passage passage of time like that felt experience really is is bound up in our uh, emotional experience and like I'm sure you can observe that in your life like the the felt passage of time like being so different uh, depending on your emotional state if you're having like an unpleasant experience you know a short amount of time feeling much longer than it would if you were having like an experience or or just a mundane or mediocre experience uh, or if you are you know experiencing a lot of uh, variety of information and stimulation uh, for an experience that that felt experience of time uh, can can feel more significant and, and thus kind of like larger and longer uh, in your experience then a type of day that just like passed totally uneventfully unremarkably nothing nothing out of the ordinary happened and uh, you know similarly like if you're having a, a feeling of anxiety then like it's like the the passage of time like takes takes on this increased intensity and like heavy reality you know like what's gonna happen in the future becomes paramount or you know this like fear about life passing you by But then, you know, maybe you've had this other experience of feeling extremely calm and and like how they call present and like maybe maybe you've had this experience of like yeah, this this felt experience of time passage like dropping away. And you know, there's, it's, it's, uh, it makes total sense too. Like being a biological entity and needing, needing to maintain, uh, a certain equilibrium 
like if I start to feel hungry, then uh, the passage of time is going to take on a, a stronger significance, you know, and I'm going to be thinking ahead of like, where and when can I get something to eat? Or if I have to pee, you know, it's like, it's hard to think about anything else than that future moment of release. And then, uh, you know, beyond the purely biological needs or, or getting tired, you know, it's like, then you, you're getting tired. You're just like, how can I, you're starting to, you know, imagine this future moment of like getting to rest, but like, so like, you know, biological disequilibriums uh, contribute to this felt experience of time passage uh, for good reason. You know, it's like uh, to to it it keeps you. It's there to keep you in equilibrium. It's that's like a component of the the. The, the self-maintaining self. This this uh, pattern of of matter and energy that constitutes a discrete entity. Asterisk. We'll come back to that later. But not only biological, but like mental and emotional factors as well. Having strong emotions brings forth this, this, the linearity of time. at least at least strong negative emotions like this feeling that something has to, something really has to change now like this this situation is not right So like, you know, maybe if we, maybe if we are emotionally involved in uh, slightly more abstract knowledge of what is happening in the world, maybe that is a good thing in the sense that that hopefully we're, we're aligned towards uh, decreasing these like states of suffering on a broader scale that you know something's not right 
on a global scale. There's, we, we perceive a sort of larger scale disequilibrium. And so we can't, we can't be fully in equilibrium ourselves and feel total peace. There's probably good reason for that, it seems. It's like you have to have reasonable assurance that your own needs will be met to a reasonable degree for the foreseeable future. Or, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure about that either. At least for the immediate future, you know? If you're in, in immediate in danger of not having your needs met, uh, then you can't really feel some kind of peaceful equilibrium. But there's this relativity there in that <clears throat> some people are okay and can feel peaceful with a larger degree of uncertainty about the future than others. And so it seems like there is some flexibility in and how how much you know how much we worry about the future and then even the same pers person you know from me i can tell like from day to day the amount that i think and worry about the future varies a lot Hold on a second. But uh, kind of interestingly, I'm tending to find that to the degree that I can um, that I can set aside this worrying about the future and and uh, cultivate uh, a greater emotional equilibrium in the present and and tolerate uh, and 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 really like be okay with. Uh, an amount of uncertainty about the future. Uh, if that that uh, act of like stabilizing myself emotionally seems to 
let me function so much better and uh, like like the the sort of stabilization of my emotions uh, that result from that actually do help me act in a way that is um, more conducive to a positive future just for instance like if I'm super stressed out and worried which which always relates to the future or you know if I'm like angry which might re might uh, relate to the past you know thinking about what somebody did what happened um, like having having those turbulent emotions resulting from that like uh, decreases my ability to to work to do anything productive it it uh, increases my my likelihood of uh, you know seeking out kind of like immediate uh, pleasures or Im immediate like um, things to kind of like quell my emotions like uh, like wanting to like snack and eat uh, sweet things more often or feeling the need to to distract myself with media more often or or uh, like seeking seeking out uh, interactions that are are going to distract me from myself or whatever just uh, it, it incites this like very immediate seeking activity that like I can I can see as uh, harmful for the future and it's it's this spiral you know like it, it would cause me to be more impulsive with spending money in order to get some like immediate uh, either gratification or, or something that like gives me some immediate like sense of security or something like that or comfort and then so like then it's like okay so I'm like spending more money uh, being less healthy in general being less productive in general um, and then so it's then like I end up like having more to worry about for the future but if I can if I can kind of like jump out of that cycle and just like do something like this particularly in particular like you know get into my my uh, personal kind of framework that really uh, removes me from I mean, it temporarily kind of removes me from, like, the pragmatic thinking. It removes me from uh, stimulus.
it 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 temporarily uh, separates me from like um, these these sort of like intense cause and effect uh, relationships with the world, and I mean by like you know sitting in front of a computer where you can instantly uh, order whatever the heck you want and have it arrive the next day, and you can you can instantly derive whatever variety of uh, emotional gratification you could hope for uh, from the internet and uh, you can instantly um, instigate instigate um, a, a variety of like like impulsive communications with people it's it's just like or like you know like sitting inside my house and and uh with access to like food and whatnot uh it's it's just like you're you're in a realm where there's all sorts of fodder for uh this kind of um cycle But, you know, so it's like, for me, I found a kind of work that uh, really stabilizes that and really contributes to, like, um, really contributes to a, a physiological and, and mental equilibrium. Which you know start which start starts to like it starts to like relax this like emotional felt experience of time passage like and often to the extent where like uh, the, this felt experience of passing time like starts to dissolve. I mean at, at least totally for moments, but then those moments you you experience. Uh, You experience kind of like the the, the present, ex, ex, like expanding to be everything. So like eternity, but you know, in a moment, as 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 cheesy and hallmark as that sounds, and. Uh, And it's not like I'm, it's not like I have a fetish for uh, being out in nature, so to speak. But it's, it's mainly just uh, being removed from the, I guess it's, I guess it's being removed from the world of intense and stimulating human interactions, I guess. But I'm still interacting with you the whole time. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's funny. It looks like I'm talking about all of this, and 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 while in fact I'm continuously engaging um, in this realm of media that is uh, kind of exactly what I'm talking about right now. 
YouTube this this uh, this kind of landscape of gratification of instant gratification and of of tons of fodder for for just like emotional turmoil like so much of what is on YouTube is like just churning up uh, feelings of, of desire and, and lack of and of, of needing you know some something more needing to get something whether it's whether it's material or like experiential like or like or even if it's about like self-improvement or something like uh, And I'm just like here to say that like I don't know like there is there's an all there's really an alternative to all of this like all all of this like advertisement of of what you can have or be what you need like you know like just just like just like take a look at the state that we tend to be in when we are looking at YouTube. Like I find in me it, it tends to be that uh, I'm looking for something that I might find on YouTube that would just like alleviate some kind of discomfort or some kind of dissatisfaction with my present state. And, you know, often I will find something that seems like, that is, is like, immediately alleviating, sometimes. Like maybe it's some, maybe it's some like 10 or 15 uh, like kind of pop psychology video that, that kind of like affirms the way that I feel and validates the way that I feel and explains it as like a normal and expect, you know, expected component of human experience, but then that like, uh, I just need to change the way that I think about the world and uh, immediately change my value system in order to uh, not lead to this feeling of lack. Uh, but you know, and, and it's like, you know, a colorfully produced 10 minute video and then I, then I feel kind of better and then, then it's like, oh should watch another one of those. Oh, I should watch a bunch more, you know, keep watching. And then, you know, what's the, what's the result? And I'm like, well, I just spent like an hour watching somewhat random, uh, decreasingly relevant videos on YouTube. And, and I don't exactly feel better overall. Just like, do that until I feel like tired enough to go f fall asleep or go distract myself some other way. 
but you know I leave the house and do something like this or you know or sitting and smiling it's it's like uh, a framework where I remove myself from all that kind of interaction just inside don't have to go anywhere and at the same time making a kind of intervention you could say or contribution to this very uh, media landscape that I hope that I, I hope like could maybe foster a different relationship between you and this media because this this isn't it's certainly not immediately gratifying and whether it's gratifying at all is called into question it requires some discipline on your part to to uh, pay some kind of attention over a long period of time and as I've found that doing something that's like unstimulating over a long period of time something harmless and unstimulating for a long period of time really can like allow for these sort of emotional knots to unwind in a way that they don't do if you just have access to um, all these modes of stimulus and interaction that uh, ultimately just perpetuate these emotional knots and it's these these emotional knots you know are perpetuated are they they are perpetuated by and they perpetuate the the sense of the sense of linear time and and the the, the like feeling of impending death you know as being this like problem this big problem and other things it's like to me like all anxiety like is kind of linked a bit towards towards impending death you know it's like like that's that feels to me like sort of the the base of anxiety like or or the the ultimate anxiety of not being anymore of you know, not having this this you anymore, and all the all the components that make up you. <clears throat> but like, when you really let all these knots unravel, you know letting letting the sort of like wrinkles wrinkles of of reality unwrinkle and and smooth out and this the the progression of time doesn't have such a strong hold on you 
um, you know, the, the, the knowledge of death, like, becomes less, that, that has less of a hold on you, and, and also it's like, you can experience, you, you can experience eternity in a way that makes death, like, irrelevant. You can, uh, you can experience, you, you can actually transcend what you typically think of as yourself. You, you can identify with something that is more encompassing. than what we tend to and it's this isn't this isn't really a feeling of loss it's but it, it's more of like a it's more of a feeling it's it's not exactly loss it's not exactly gain it's like what you identify with what you experience as you becomes becomes greater than just your body it becomes you know i don't i don't think it's illusion i wouldn't call it illusion it's it's like because you can you can still i mean at least in my experience it's like i can still uh i can still see all the things that make up myself I can still experience them I can still experience my body and uh, all the sensory input around me and I can still experience my thoughts but also but it's also that you know what is normally perceived as the outside world like becomes included in in this identification and and from that and, and and like this is it's it's more of like a remembering type of experience than than like an addition to something like it's it's addition in that like it what we're identifying with is is more expansive but it feels like we've we've remembered that this is what we are and that it's something some we've remembered something that we've we've always known along like but maybe it just gets pushed pushed away into the background of our experience and then and that like and from that vantage point we we can then kind of perceive our more uh, constricted sense of self the more the more individuated and like perhaps the, the more anxious or or depressed or isolating feeling of self being just kind of being kind of like a wrinkle 
and the fabric of reality, like a more wrinkled state of reality. But it's still nonetheless made of the same stuff that this is all, all made of, you know. It's still comprised of this expansiveness, this like everything, this like oneness that's eternal and isn't going to end and it doesn't doesn't involve this like linear passage of time it's a manifest it's a manifestation of that nonetheless and it belongs but you know we can look look at that from a broader perspective and and understand to like understand our experience from that perspective in a completely accepting way while also being able to to identify with comprehend and perceive like such a more uh, expansive view of reality in which in which like you know those problems are become kind of non problems or or something like or they become we we understand them as as merely relative problems including the problem of death Wow, I have this feeling like, um, like just now I had this, this experience of like, of like waking up from something like again. Or like a feeling like, like what I, like what I just described, like, uh, I had like for an instant, for an instant, it's like, I actually, it felt like I, uh, I experienced it very directly. Like in the moment when I wasn't saying anything, it felt like I experienced it really directly. Even though like the, all the time that I spent, uh, describing it, I don't know, it, it was as if, um, It was as if, even in the description of a certain experience, <clears throat> it was as if I was only describing uh, from a, a relativistic viewpoint, and then like, it's sort of like I came to sort of an end of that, and then uh, and then I I felt as if I like woke up from it or, or that I that I all of a sudden like snapped out of something and that like like oh now now I'm really in now I'm seeing reality 
but it's so funny and then and then i just go into describing that experience uh from describing something that's in in the immediate past like uh which makes me experience kind of greatly the 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 temporality of of language like of language perception oh you know language perception and and comprehension involving the the involving temporalities so integral in, integ, integrally integrally to say other than I feel like both like incredibly incredibly normal and incredibly not how to describe it like I just I it feels so strongly that like you don't need us you don't need any kind of special experience Like the con the contents of your experience is, is feels feels as if it's so unimportant to me at the moment. I mean, in a relative sense, it is important because, of course, like I would be having a very different experience if I were sitting home, dicking around on the internet. Uh, I guess this, I guess this this is uh, another form of dicking around on the internet, but like, you know what I mean? Like now I'm on the internet, as opposed to just being on the internet. You know what I'm saying? And this is like this is like real. This is like serious dicking around, professional dicking around. Uh, Pardon me while I blow my nose. It just, it's, it's, it's feeling like. Like, uh, like, just like, 
ordinary experience is just becoming like increasingly, increasingly like trippy. And that like being like tripped out is just becoming increasingly ordinary. And like, without needing, without needing anything special for that to happen. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what am I doing here? Nothing. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not doing anything special here. I'm just talking without a plan for a long time. It's like, you know what even is the content here? Like if you if if I had to describe you know what I talk about it's like I could I can't really which you know people ask me like what did you talk about well uh, I'll tell you if you have four hours like the map would have to be as large as the territory sort of thing But it's just like something that's happening. I don't, I don't feel a sense that I'm, uh, that I don't feel a sense of I that's making this happen. It just, it just feels like, you know, and, and like, like very strongly, I, I don't feel like sense of I that like uh, actively like shaped my life this way because like uh, every decision that I have made like every every component that makes up me I can point to as like having external factors of like you know the situation that I was born into and the interactions that I just happened to have like you know pieces of, of media or information that I had just happened to come in contact with in the world. It's like, um, I can't attribute my, I can't attribute my, myself or this situation or this experience to myself any more than I can attribute it to just the way that the world is like the like reality as a whole and the fact that something like insanely ordinary and insanely trippy is going on 
you know. It's like holy, holy mackerel. Like, I, like, I'm, I'm, comp I'm just, I'm very intensely overwhelmed in a good way. By both the incomprehensibility of, of reality and, and the, the potential for comprehensibility. Like, this this I don't know like this sort of edge of understanding In one sense, uh, it's ineffable. I can't um, no no particular thing that I say is like you know can uh, of course. amount to this whole experience but in another sense in another sense in another sense there's there's not anything that needs to be explained or or it's like the 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 the, the idea of explaining this or relating it or communicating it is uh, an irrelevant or, or unnecessary thing because like look look there's just this like look there's just this experience and then like there's words that are a component of it there's thoughts that are a component of it And when we, you know, when we ascribe to explanation, in a sense, or we like, we even, or even when we like ascribe to the process of learning, like being, you know, being in the mindset of like, I'm gonna learn something, I'm gonna add to my understanding, someone's gonna explain something to me. In a way, we're looking away. Uh, in a way, we're like looking into a tunnel, and and uh, you know, potentially missing something. Although, at the same time, you're never missing anything. 
but like now I can now I can just keep talking and 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 just continuously uh, recognize the the sort of like limited duality of, of what I'm saying of, of everything that I'm saying and watch as I say something and then uh, it's 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 opposite then arises in my mind or its counter argument arises in my mind its limitation makes itself known and feel totally fine with that and just you know it's it's like the talking just being this self-perpetuating phenomenon and no like th there being no sort of objecthood to the things that I'm saying no solidity no finality <clears throat> the things I'm saying making sense on the level at which saying things can make sense. Like everything that I'm saying is your, your understanding in the linguistic sense and, and your comprehending and uh, your, yeah, you are understanding language and, and it is interacting with your mind and but at the same time it's that that's just kind of uh that's kind of like that's kind of like the the structure that um a much wider experience is is uh resting on top of it seems like but it's also a structure that's just like uh within the uh, a wider experience you know like there's the making sense here like you understand this there's 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 me talking and and there's something there's some kind of sense being made there's something that you're understanding obviously but that's but there's there's also this wider experience that you are aware of now that the understanding is just is is just one aspect of it's like being contained within it it's like this wider experience transcends and in includes the the structure of of rationality
there was only like a half hour period of feeling a little a little lost or a little uncertain or a little mediocre about things but still in that there was still there's like you know the sort of process of having faith in the process a process of faith or a faith in process yeah and now now I'm just like I don't know I couldn't I couldn't ask for anything more than this I feel like I couldn't ask for anything more out of life right now. And the, the communication with you is, is, is actually an integral part of this. Because like, I don't know, if, if I, maybe if I were, I don't know, to try and posit if I were having this type of experience but without um, actively communicating it uh, in this through this media I think I would either I think I would feel some kind of lack of of you know maybe being afraid that you know, of like wanting to like share this. And then maybe I'd start to be thinking like, okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna like <clears throat> share this? I don't know, or maybe I wouldn't. Maybe, maybe, uh, like, would this, would this experience like, Resolve the question of other people. I mean, obviously, undoubtedly, what I'm calling my experience now is dependent on others' experience of learning about others' experience through their various accounts. Pointing me towards this, 
I, I mean, and as well as just like all the learning about the world, you know, it's it's dependent upon a collective worldview that I've grown up in. You know, the sort of like scientific, rational worldview and being able to test my reality against that. Uh, as well as, uh, I don't know, all, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of trans-rational, uh, states and stages uh, being pointed to in literature and other media and personal interactions within the realms of Zen and meditation and art and music and whatnot, etc. science and physics <laughs> various branches of cosmology what am i saying various you know cosmologies What varieties of, of experience might lie ahead? It keeps expanding and deepening. Holy mackerel. What might lie ahead? It feels simultaneous. I mean, I feel like simultaneously uh, So much reason to be alive, so much like purpose. And, and you know, not just like purpose in the sense of like a duty to the world, but like just like even just out of like personal like experience, like wow, there, there's like there really are a lot of experiences worth living for that really that really make sense out of life and not not in the finality way but like that that uh, to experience this like this edge, this developing edge of manifestation of reality. In such a sense where the, where the known makes sense and the unknown is exciting. 
and like you don't need anything you know you don't need anything specific for that like this this is this just happens to be my third day in a row walking and talking and in each of the those preceding two days um, I also had experiences that felt very inspiring and expansive and yet yet this one like continues to like um, feel as if it's expanding on those and continuing to feel compelling despite me getting all stuffy uh, and it's not like it's not like anything happened to me in between it's not like I'd read anything new it's it's just it's just this process of walking and talking and and uh, and to be sharing it with you it's it's such a pleasure Pardon me. Maybe it's just all the green tea talking. Maybe it's just that I drink green tea now. Tight. And now I had the thought of, you know, these, uh, this like infinite amount of options for what to say next. I uh, felt like a, a wonderful freedom. Any words can arrive here. Can I just try and uh, say a, a string of words that uh, make absolutely no sense and are, are like really unpredictable? It's really hard to do, to try and just like say some words that have no uh, continuity. Okay, F phone book, M macrobiotic, uh, Chumbo Wumba Desktop 
Slider. Chewbacca. Nipples. Glamour. Oh, see the see, and then I can then I but then I'm saying these things, but I can, I can I can kind of like witness the the associations in my mind. And so I'm like trying to find the ones that have the the least association possible. Alligator. Spots. Decipher. Clumps. Mash. Gag. Trilobite. Ramp. Nachos. Discreet. Trickster. Glamorous. Oh, see, I said that one already. But there, there was a, there was a little string there that, like, I didn't know where they were coming from. Tractor. Eligibility. Triumph. Neosporin. Primate. Liar. Cracker. Slippery. Chump. Matchbox. Twizzler. Peloponnesian Islands Slapstick Trap Munchkin Twerp Juice Box Cumulonimbus Saying Collar. Stubble. Mich Michelada. Crack house. Salacious. See, it's, I don't know why, uh, at one point I could do it. At one point it felt like there was like some, some flow, like, and then at other times, uh, it was hard because the next word that would come would have an obvious association and so I'd have to like go further.
and maybe maybe that like and also like just remembering like some of the words that I've already said coming to mind and so I want to say other words that either sound like them or that are related and then every time I open my eyes like I see a thing and then that word comes to my mind Microscope. House. Strobe. Chocolate. Cranky. Crabgrass. Climate. Distribution. Malarkey, fabulous, mint condition, trip, partita, robin, ornateness, Molecules. Anyways. I wonder if I reveled too much. And now I'm now I'm back in the uh, mundane. Maybe I went a little overboard, reveling in sublime experience. And maybe I maybe I wore out my allotment. And now I'm now I'm back in regular old life. Is that so? Well, I feel, you know, I feel uh, fragments of personality here. You know. There's, there's a, there's a slight element of humor. Now there's a little bit of, there's like a mild sense of like cheekiness or something going on. There's a little, there's a little like, uh, 
I feel at least a little bit of an inner smirk. There's a mild, there's a little bit of like characterization or like personalization going on. Now, which maybe, you know, you get into like some kind of like transpersonal realm and then maybe you just, maybe at some point like that's like a, a type of void that's kind of like really just like ripe for some personalization to to uh, emerge out of it. An emergent phenomenon, you know? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like you go into the void and you stay there long enough you're like there's uh, really ripe ground there for <clears throat> the manifestation of personality, personalization, individuation to develop out of that. You know what I'm talking about. But it's fun enough. We don't have to hang on to the void, do we? Do we? I don't know, it seems, actually it seems pretty good to hang on to the void. Don't cave. Don't give in. Don't give in to, don't give in to the temptations of like, you know, solidification, concretization, manifestation. At least that's my feeling as of late, you know? Stay in the unmanifest as long as you can. It's great. Look at that. Look at this, look at this manifest. What a bunch of garbage. What a bunch of... What a bunch of world. What a bunch of clutter in reality. Why's there gotta be all this stuff? Why's there all gotta why's there gotta be all this matter? Why's there all gotta be all this sensation and perception? And on top of that you got conception. What gives? Individuation. <laughs> self-other distinction. What gives? Why do we gotta have all this? Come on. Enough is enough. Why can't we just, why can't we just remain in the unmanifest oneness? Huh? What gives? Tight though, huh?
There's a heron over there. Big whoop. What is that distant racket I'm hearing? Oh shit, is it frogs starting to chorus? That would be the shit. I mean, that would be... That'd be something. You know, just one something among a lot of something. But you know that I'm just joking, right? Because you know you know as well as I do. There's not a real distinction between the many and the one. The manifest and the unmanifest. A distinction is only our own illusion, our own mistake. Is that high? Can somebody tell me? Is the high-pitched one a chorus? Are those chorus frogs? Damn! We're gonna follow the call of the frogs. We're gonna follow the siren song. It's not. A, it's not a real siren. That's a different kind of amphibian. That's like a type of salamander that only has two legs. You know what I'm talking about. A siren? Amphibian with two legs? They just discovered a new species. Lash me to the mast. That's all I'm saying. Show me a siren. You better lash me to the mast.
The chorus frogs stopped. The high-pitched ones. Anyhow, can't let the frogs do all the work. As tempted as I am to just sit there for the rest of the hour and 15 minutes.
I'm so distracted from talking now, I can't stop thinking about amphibians. I'm like, this is also salamander spawning season, and I want to get some glimpses of some salamanders. I think maybe that happens at nighttime though. I think that's when they come down to the vernal pools. You know, wouldn't hurt to look under a rock or two though. It'd be great to come here at night. I'll try and put this experience behind me and keep talking. Oh, uh-oh. We're gonna have to go past the frogs again. up my internet friends welcome to walking and talking and so on and so forth you know self other duality and and uh, and so on and so forth subject object dichotomies and whatnot various dualisms 
revealing themselves as such, etc. Doing things for a long amount of time. emotional regulation and so on. Ordinary experience and whatnot. I'm supposed to stop touching my face because uh, of coronavirus, but I can't help it. My nose is all stuffy. I suppose uh, just for the sake of any of you Watching, watching me from the future uh, for historical reference. This is the period of time when there's about a hundred cases of coronavirus confirmed in the United States and none yet in my state. So maybe I'm the first. I'm just saying that uh, in case it becomes a huge thing uh, in the US and in my state, you know, then we can, we can look back at this walking and talking as being before the storm. Maybe it won't be such a big deal here. Who knows? Anyhow, we're we're we got derailed by the frogs and now we've we've retreated into the bastardized topical world 
the topical world, the defiled world. Not really, you know, you know, it's, you know, I don't think of, you know, I don't think of it that way. This is a hell of a lot of hickory nut shells. These shag barks must make a heck of a lot of nuts. Wow. These are delicious, you know. These are just the shells from last year, but these nuts are, they taste kind of like pecans. Have we come down? Are we coming down? From what? There aren't any drugs involved here other than some green tea. It's like we came down from normalness. We, we came down from sobriety into, into sobriety. Is this sobriety? Is this ordinary mind? There's, there's very many kind of like signifiers of ordinariness around. By which I mean a parking lot, cars particularly, some other people walking around. Particularly the cars feel to me like signifiers of ordinary mind. Cars in a parking lot. Which, you know, if that's the case, it suggests that I really should just do an episode where I only walk around in a parking lot full of cars. You know, just really get in there into the most ordinary thing. You know, the most seemingly ordinary thing that you can imagine. You know, just go in a CVS and like stay there for much longer than you would and see what happens. I would almost guarantee that if you, if you do the, do what I'm saying, if you go into a CVS or a Walgreens or whatever, whatever seems like the most prosaic uh, location you could imagine. And it's actually kind of hard to, uh, it can be kind of actually hard to uh, think of the prosaic because um, 
they're they're so ordinary that they don't they don't tend to crop up in our imagination if we're, t we're trying to think of what's prosaic they're they're under the radar you know and like what we tend to think of as as prosaic might in fact be a, a romanticized um, ideal of the prosaic like in in literature or, or media um, when there's like everyday life depicted uh, you know we'll come across that and we'll be like oh everyday life but then if we if we actually take the time and, and look closer usually that everyday life depicted is not actually like our everyday life because like you know it's only it's there, there's like a it's it always lags behind like the literary or the media representation of of normal life it lags behind uh, the modern everyday life like you don't have things like cell phones appearing on screen or in literature or particularly like in poetry until like uh, like far later than they than they um, become ubiquitous in in our everyday lives, and then like even so, it's like it seems almost like edgy or something if like a, a show or particularly poetry like involves something like a, a cell phone or like talks about the internet, you know, portraying people. Uh, browsing Facebook or something like you if you see a show that like depicts somebody like using social media like oh how modern and edgy when it's like so obviously so ubiquitous so, so it's by which I mean just like our representations of life are usually romanticized and like they they harken back actually to the past and or, or a romanticized past in order to to represent um, a certain ideal of of prosaicness, like a, a certain uh, an archetype, an arch they use they use an archetype of prosaicness, you know. Like the the signifiers of normal of normalcy used in the media are once more likely to come from a, uh, a bygone era and that's that's why I'm saying it may be actually difficult for us um, because of that it may be actually difficult for us to notice aspects of our reality that are in fact very normal and like in my case I'm, I'm seeing like I don't know the cars like the minivan you know the uh, like this this kind of shape of car that's like more modern that's that's becoming more and more ubiquitous like it's it's kind of like a 
I don't know whether to describe it as like an SUV or like a station wagon. It's like somewhere in between and that's like the shape of cars now. I don't know, or yeah, or things like cell phones and cell phone chargers. Sitting on a sitting on a laptop, I don't know. But you know, there's there's probably there's probably even you know there's probably even more powerful signifiers of prosaicness that I, I can't even notice because of how prosaic they are, of how unremarkable they are that they're hard to notice. And maybe that maybe they're relatively less maybe they're relatively less present uh, out here than uh, if I'm in the city. I don't know. Maybe there's just different Maybe there's just a different kind of prosaicness out here that I'm not attuned to. And maybe I'm perceiving things here as the sublime and the, the natural. But like when I when I kind of discovered that the when I kind of discovered CVS as a powerful signifier of of a more modern prosaicness, that was powerful for me. And then and then uh, having an experience of like um, sort of just like loitering inside a CVS with a couple of friends for an extended period of time uh, was 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 really quite wonderful and revelatory like um, it involved you know looking for a, like a cold seltzer and and discovering that there was there weren't any seltzers in the in the beverage coolers but there was on the shelves so taking taking a, a bottle of seltzer off the shelf and putting it into one of the coolers and then just kind of waiting there for like 15 or 20 minutes for it to cool off a little and just like hanging out uh, and like in various aisles but you know even better just like go there without even or goal or not particularly intending to purchase anything but who knows
you'll notice things. You'll find some enjoyment. I can, I'll guarantee it. Try it out. And if you're wrong, I'll give you your money back. I'll give you your, I'll give you your, your 20 or 30 minutes back, but best to go for longer if you can. There's those chorus frogs again. Now that we're not over there, they're going off. Or sometimes it's, it seems like Some of, the, some of the things that are presented to us, uh, which are modern, um, are, are presented to us um, as being kind of timeless. in a way that like is 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 hoping to to actually kind of like disguise disguise the the prosaicness of their of their like um commodification not a best way to put it to to I guess I'm saying that in in the modern marketplace, there's there's attempts to like disguise the 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 impersonal transactional uh, commodification of experience, which uh, you know people. Are increasingly starting to catch on to and become suspicious of and increasingly seeking authenticity and so our modern marketplace is is, is responding to that by marketing authenticity in experience in, in in the form of commodified experiences Just you know, look at this at, at the cultivated vibe you see in the in the newest bars and restaurants that, particularly the ones that lie on the urban frontiers of development, you know, the former industrial spaces that we're developing, but you know, with with a highly cultivated uh, rusticness and authenticity baked into the decor. It's it's a way to actually like build a bridge towards the commodification of actual urban decay. Which would, you know, what would otherwise be unrecuperable.
Ah, I'm sinking. And you know, take uh, as what's been described to me as the millennial whoop. Um, this type of like new nouveau, uh, folk folk-ish pop music that it's like half of, like the chorus is usually just like, whoa, the, the chorus is just usually just like some variation on whoa, 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 and there's the hand clap, like, you like, usually one hand clap per bar, one big hand clap per bar, whoa, and then, you know, Like a, a real, a real um, polished and cultivated image of image of authenticity, a flavor of of authenticity, um, like lit, just like painted on really thick over over pop structures. And it's in in the vocal inflection too, the vocal inflection. The real like, I'm just I'm just a simple man who comes from a I come from a simpler time. I'm just I just like I just happen to be here in in 2020, really just out of place. I mean, I don't know 20 really the 2010s. I just happen to exist here in the 2010s as as kind of a stranger in my time i come from a simpler time when men were men and women were women and we were more moral then before before all this commodification and and plastic plasticization you won't hear any synthesizers in this in this millennial whoop music while as you sip your Artisanal cocktail in, in the urban frontier rustic bar. I know you know you're not sibling an artisanal cocktail. It's it's a craft beer, I know. And it's the same, you know, it's the same, um, it's the same aesthetic movement in the commercial music now, you know? All the goddamn ukuleles, ukuleles, um, the either the, and mallet percussion, mallet percussion has make, made a huge, a huge comeback in, in the commercial <clears throat> music now, you know? Marimba's and glockenspiels particularly and and a little bit of um xylophone not the vibes not vibraphones uh surprisingly enough but marimbas xylophones and ukuleles paired with yeah ukuleles and on top of that whistling 
through a series of major chord changes. Very, very simple major chord changes. This is, this is every goddamn commercial now. You want to you wanna sell me a car? Me? An American man in the target age demographic of consumption? Me? Me? An 18 to 35 year old male? American? <clears throat> well, no longer, no longer are we gonna, are we gonna appeal to, you, you're not gonna appeal to me with, with this antiquated masculinist guitar rock identity. Oh no. I've I've surpassed I've surpassed the toxic masculinity uh, era of of you know the American male identity. Now I'm the softer, more sensitive, uh, ukulele playing, whistling, uh, mallet percussion, major chord change, you know, folksy major chord change, uh, twee sentimentality, family man. Type of type of security, you know, a secure a secure a secure man. A secure type of man that buys a really good life insurance policy. And maybe, and, and you know, and probably has a beard But at least you know you know ins insists on at least a gesture towards some sort of authenticity in in my commodified experiences. Do we do it? Am I am I a risk taker? So those are those are like kind of like pretty far removed, very commodified, like 
representations of, of ordinariness. But it's it's really it's but like but then to to be able to recognize those representations uh, as the the signifiers of of prosaicness um, requires like some kind of waking up experience, some kind of oh, I see it. Like once once you recognize like that's oh that's. This is this is like, kind of like, uh, an aesthetic that's being. This is a lifestyle and an aesthetic that's being marketed to me. Or being you know used to market to me, and then you know you're like oh, um, it's like the the surface of. You know the the surface image of of uh, you know capitalism and and marketing is is constantly evolving to to try and hide itself. And I'm not I'm not saying this in an entirely cynical way because like now it's like the the media representations we have of you know the, of of these lifestyles are inclusive of relatively progressive values now you know commercials are more woke now. And, and like that does have a powerful effect when the, the mainstream uh, begins to come into uh, values that were once marginally marginal and progressive. Or at least on the surface of it. has an impact But then, yeah, it's like once you recognize it as as uh, you know, just commodity. It's like then you can then you can recognize it as as a new kind of prosaicness. 
which is fun. I think, and then you can, and then you can just like engage with it for fun as prosaicness. And then, you know, you take these things and, and you can start to represent them as, as prosaicness in uh, art, in literature, in media. Uh, then, and then that's a whole new form of fun, you know? So, so it's like, so, okay, so it's like, this, the aesthetic that's now marketed to us uh, is a romanticized ideal of vague farm-to-table vibes. You know, the new grocery store uh, in the middle of the like university district in my town is called Heirloom. It's or it's like Giant Heirloom. You know, Giant is is our, our you know. Out, outdated brand image but then you put the heirloom under it giant heirloom a vague capitulation towards uh, you know organicness and wholesomeness and uh, wholesome values and artisanalness you know a little human touch little individual human touch on this bread not just mechanical bread it's artisanal. It's about the baker. You're engaging in authentic, you know, human interaction when you buy this bread. Not just cold mechanical reproduction like your, your Wonder Bread. Heirloom, it's heirloom. So I mean, if if what's being marketed in that realm, I mean, what's if if the aesthetics of marketing is always harkening back to a romanticized past, or I mean, at least it is. It, it seems to be presently, right? Like right now, it is. Like. Like future, it, we're not we're not so much into like futurism, so much as we are as like uh, reframe reframing a romanticized past in a clean in a clean frame, you know, like interior interior design. Like you got the exposed brick walls, but that has to be framed by an immaculate white sheet of drywall. 
or else it or else it's just or else it just looks crummy you know you got the exposed historical wooden beam you know but only as framed by like the that like recessed like immaculately white drywall in between you know like an, as if it's a, fuck, a fucking art gallery you know the rusticness is is like has to be contrasted with the immaculate whiteness of art gallery walls in order for this to, to really, really be like, you know, a new, a new kind of signifier of wealth and class, to be honest. Like you can't just, it can't just all be rustic because then you just be poor. But you have to have a little smattering of rusticness to, to kind of like signify your down-to-earthness, perhaps, uh, perhaps even solidarity with the working class. But framed, framed along a, a very white background that allows, that allows you the, com the, the comfortable space. Uh, from which to contemplate the natural, the rustic. So it's like, what's being presented to us is like, kind of, what's being marketed to us is kind of like a literary, a literary version of the of the present a sort of poetic version of the present and what by present I mean like by poetic version of the present I mean like an idealized past And what we have presented to us, like, in literature, is it the same type of idealized past? No, it's different. It's different. Like, when literature, when literature, like, tries to be prosaic, uh, and... And, ma and maybe even, like, makes attempts to be, like, shockingly modern uh it never it never fully it usually doesn't quite lead up it doesn't quite catch up with the present you know because it's so hard to notice it's so hard to notice like what's really uh prevalent in the present Like I think, like I think most writers can, can, uh, you know, write, could write something and like, maybe involve laptops and computers and uh, cell phones if they want to, if they want to feel kind of edgy. But for a poet to involve those sorts of technology, they have to be, they have to be kind of considered avant-garde. 
like, oh, I, I, want, I, want, I, want to, I wanted to read poetry to get away from this. I wanted my poetry to be pure. To rem remind me of an ideal. That I'm so often feeling bastardized by t my, my use of technology. So you can have, I mean, there, there will be literature and poetry uh, kind of presenting to us the same uh, aesthetic, romantic, aestheticized, romanticized, idealized past that the fucking giant heirloom presents to us and like the, the new bar, the new, the new urban rustic bar with craft beers presents to us and, and sells to us. Well, there's very little, there's very little literature or poetry that is that, that like would include like the urban rustic bar itself, you know? It doesn't want to talk about the present. Because that would be a little uncomfortable, you know? It'd be a little uncomfortable to be reminded that the aesthetic world that we're living in is, is uh, is something that's being marketed. Is is a cre is is you know a commercial creation, and therefore like it robs it of it robs it of of its uh, the meaning that it's trying to to present, and exposes it as as prosaic, you know, the thing that we're trying to really escape when we tend when we go towards media or art or literature it's everywhere down to the packaging of food you know like the the fake like um, like brown color like the the paper bag it's like either you got real brown paper packaging or you got a plastic bag and you 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 print on it the brown color that light brown color and then like you got you have you gotta have some fake rubber stamps on there telling you 100% pure stamped on there somebody yeah somebody actually just stamped it on there yeah on the on the like lays kettle cooked potato chips you know kettle cooked 
So we hand, you know, we had, you know, our old grandpa just like, you know, sits there with a shovel, shoveling the potato chips into the kettle, cooking them in the kettle. It's wood, it's wood, wood fired or coal fired or something like that, you know, artisanal, small batch, real human, human. You're making, you're basically making human connection here. You're making communi you're making human connection by buying the, the kettle cooked chips as opposed to the just plain old fried chips, you know? Who wants that? You know? We're waking up to the fact that our modernized world like lacks human connection and warmth. And so we can fill that void by buying kettle-cooked potato chips with a rubber stamp, you know, cooked in a kettle. An age-old tradition passed down from my father, from his father, from his father. It's my pleasure to kettle cook these potato chips just for you. Giant heirloom shopper. When you make your shopping choices, stay in touch with what's important in life. What's human? You know, this, this uh, aesthetic, it's like, is like the content. It's like the aesthetic content of the world that we're living in. But just don't look at the form, you know? Don't look, the, don't look at the form. Because then you might feel alienated. It's not about the money, it's about human connection.
These frogs are more careful than the other ones. They get quiet as I approach. I guess I ought to start figuring out how to get back to where I came from. I could go all the way back around the lake. It seems like there should be a shortcut to go just that way and get back to that trail without having to circle all the way back around. It would seem one would think, but this isn't your problem. I'm sorry. There's, wow, we've really, we've really shifted in tone. From like deeply reverential to like totally cynical. It's so much fun. We've, we've shifted into like leftist post-Marxist cynicism. Isn't that fun? Ha, I can see a frog from here like jumping. No, maybe that's a sparrow. It's a sparrow. Man, this is great. Maybe I will just like bushwhack it and see if I can wind up back at the trail. I don't have anywhere I need to be. It's not like major tick season yet. Plus I can't resist the call of the frogs, the siren song of the frogs.
damn, this has to be like salamander territory. Vernal pools, you know what I'm saying? They must be swarming down here at night to get it on. Wow, it's velvety. And it seems that I'm actually on a trail that's going in the right direction. If you skipped ahead to this part, um, it's going to seem really boring. But it'll... The, the, the boringness of this part will make a lot of sense if you, if you watch the whole video, actually. Like, if you watch the whole video, this, this, this boringness is actually going to be really pleasant. Uh, and... Like eating a good meal, you know, to be this, to, to, to now just be this kind of like normally in reality, you know, like the, the, the pragmatic things, concerns, like gaining prominence again, like, you know, me just like talking about my practical surroundings in in very in everyday like functional language like you know being on a trail uh, going in the right direction going back to where I came from that sort of thing um, talking about things in the environment frogs and whatnot just things that uh, seem that are kind of, they are irrelevant to you completely. It's totally irrelevant to you. There's not any insight really being imparted. But if you, if you have watched this whole video, and I can't explain to you exactly why, um, this seemingly ordinary way of uh, being in the world like seemingly maybe apparently like you know why why is this on YouTube sort of thing like why am I watching this sort of thing uh, well actually to take on a, a different kind of significance um, after what we've experienced together uh, in the preceding parts of this video Like you have to go through that part and it's not it's not excruciating either it's not not even painful maybe i mean the first half hour is is uh maybe a little bit challenging 
a little bit. But then it's just like, then it's just like sublime. And then you go through that, and then there's all these frogs, and then and then we come back to this part, and, and then and then it gets like humorously cynical and critical for a while, and then we get to this part where we're just like trying to figure out how to get back to the car, and uh, it's like it like comes it 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 makes it works in the scheme of things. Trust me. It plays a it plays a formal function. But you gotta, you know, you gotta experience the the preceding parts for it to make sense. The amount of frogs here really makes me happy. And that's the, that's the sort of thing... That's, that's the type of, of statement... Excuse me, I'm sick. getting some kind of cold in the pre-coronavirus Pennsylvania era. <clears throat> um, that's the kind of statement that indicates such uh, a just a ridiculous amount of shift of of tone of of subject of uh, or just like of like kind of like perceptual and uh Perceptual level that becomes included in this video in a way that's that's in a way that's all connected. I think, if I don't, if I, if I may say so myself. What's more about this this part right now is is that it's just like it's just like very mildly entertaining. You know what I'm talking about? It's like not it's not wildly entertaining. It's not ostentatiously entertaining. It's not riotously humorous. But you're like there, there's uh, there's 
there's a there's a, a subtly entertaining aspect of this experience right now that that uh, you you are starting to like notice and and be a little like amused at like like there's a little there's a little part of you that's like what the fuck is going on in in an amused way you're like this is you're like I don't I don't quite understand like why why I'm watching this and and why I kind of like watching this you don't understand why and you're like this 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 almost seems this seems like a a form of happiness or a form of joy that I'm not quite familiar with Dang, this is nice. What a fucking good video if I don't say so myself. With no editing, no special effects, no music, no nothing, except a little bit of something. Just a, you know, just this. It's tight. You can just mirror my emotions, you know? That's what we're always doing. Now I feel, I feel like a solid person. I feel like, look, 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 here I am, I'm a person. I know what I'm doing. I got a handle on life. See? You can feel it in, in my tone of voice. It attracts you. You watch the video and you're like, how can I be a little bit more like Ben? Except, except, Except maybe, maybe you, maybe you detect the, the, the not 
total sincerity in what I'm saying. That there's like this simultaneous, simultaneous. There's, there's, there's an element of sincerity and there's an element of, of sarcasm. Which path? The little one or the big one? I'll stay on the big one. It's like the 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 metamodernism thing that they talk about, like where things are serious and ironic at the same time, except I'm not sure I'm not sure if metamodernism warrants its own, you know, like movement or, or stage of thing. I, I I kinda think that it's just like postmodern that's matured enough uh in order to admit of uh, modernism as w one of one of the many valid uh, components of its like multi-perspectival uh, scope, you know. Like if postmodernism was like a re re rebellious teenager that had to, you know, cast off the shackles of modernity and and say, "Fuck it." Fuck it all. Nothing means anything. Everything's relative. Now postmodernism has like started to mature a little bit and maybe it's like, yeah, okay, all, yeah, uh, everything is, everything's relative, uh, but this viewpoint that we have, th this multi-perspectival um, relativistic viewpoint worldview that we've developed here is in fact is in fact built upon uh, the preceding structure of modernism and and we need that we need that structure of, of consciousness and that, that structure of knowledge upon which to, to build postmodernism so like we can admit of it as uh, one of the one of the allowable perspectives as well as all the others But I don't think it's I don't think it's really the the leading edge of our understanding. I think it's I I don't think it's I don't think it's the horizon. I think it's like more and more the mainstream. Anyhow, look at that. It's it's four hours. Time flies. Whoa. Just a thorn. Well, I'm going to I'm going to keep uh trying to figure out how to get back to my car and uh Hope you enjoy the rest of your 
whatever. Okay. Uh, come back next time. And I'll, uh, I should come up with a standardized way to end these things. Okay. Bye. That's a good, pretty good way. Eee.